Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. When, when we um, go live with this podcast, I will be in Croatia. Aww. Do you know what? I'm really sorry because Jamie said to me this morning, he was like, oh, no one wants to hear you bragging about your holiday. And I was like, oh, little shit. He's also off on holiday for two weeks. So I'm not going to talk about it, but I'm just going to say that I've got through my month of early mornings and I'm so happy that we're actually going to have a break for six days with the kids. I just can't wait to see them like spend time with them. Yeah. Do you know what? I think that's the thing, isn't it? You, you've been getting up so early every single morning and then by the afternoon, like you, you know, you want to go to sleep and you've got the kids around and at least Mm. now you can go away and have some quality time with them. And hopefully, you know, they might sleep in. (laughs) Oh yeah. Have you met Luna? Do you know Luna? No, I'm more excited about someone just, um, someone, if I ask really politely, bringing me drinks all day long. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. That's going to be a mate. What drink you want now, parenting. madam? Drunk parenting is the best kind of parenting. Yeah, if you ask me. I mean, everything's funny. You don't worry about <laughs> any consequences. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, how are you? What have you I'm got planned right. for the week? I'm good. Um, so, well, this week I... Well, I'll be getting myself ready we're going to Whitstable so we well hopefully we might be in the sun mightn't we I'm not sure um yeah and then I'm just working but I have actually handed in my notice (laughs) (laughs) are we allowed to celebrate Uh, I'm really sorry to all of her friends and colleagues (laughs) but I you know in my heart of hearts I'm quite thrilled Can I say that? (laughs) You're allowed to say whatever you want. No, Um, no, no, please tell us what happened. No, I have handed in my notice. I think I spoke, well, however many weeks ago, months ago, um, that I was, you know, ready to get back into the corporate world. And, you know, I was really up for the challenge. But I think the reality of it is that basically I am a parent to two. I have made my mummers. And another thing added in was just too much and too far removed from what I'm doing here. So I'm going to keep my, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be freelance and I'm doing some freelance PR marketing. So I will still be doing that and keeping, you know, my toe or whatever it is you say in it. 
but um i will not yeah i'll be working for myself corporate world yeah does not get georgia dayton (laughs) we get her back which is great to be fair georgia it never affected anything that you did this is why i always say that you are complete superwoman because you took on a serious role four Mm. days a week and you still did the majority of you know all of your stuff at Made by Mamas and some and it was like I don't know how you were so pr- productive during the days you just smashed it out of the park but just on selfish selfish <laughs> reasons I'm just I'm just quite grateful no but you know what if it taught me anything is that you literally like I was I I had no time like even headspace for yeah. myself and I think yeah. that's what's really important so anyone going back to work I would just keep in mind that you know whether it's an hour in the morning while you travel to work like just making sure you have that little bit of headspace for yourself because that's where I suffered so yeah good piece of advice there's the news (laughs) and I love you for trying it I love you for giving it a whirl you legend Um, now we need to get into today's chat Um, so um, a really beautiful conversation with this amazing guest we you know touch on single parents but we have never really had the conversation around what it's like to be a single parent Um, and all also go th- going through the whole process of actually having a baby as a single woman like yeah that has never come up across baby by mamas so this was a first for us and I, we, we we definitely found the most incredible person to come on and talk us through that whole process really fascinating conversation wasn't it George it no it really really was and also I hope if there's anyone listening to this who is single and they listen to our podcast in the hope you know that maybe one day that they will be a parent then I hope this might make you think a little and yeah. you know know that you can do it by yourself and also there are some quite practical tips in here and how how you can do that and how you can go about it um so should yeah. we get into it let's do it um if in doubt go off and find some viking sperm <laughs> or be revealed who are we chatting to today <laughs> today we are chatting to Liv thorn otherwise known on instagram as lives alone Now, generally, before I start the podcast, I always say to our guest, what credit would you like? And I've just asked our wonderful guest today what credit she would like. And she turned around to me and she goes, mum, person, author, but then I feel like a massive twat. So that's how I'm going to introduce her today. (laughs) Joining us on the podcast, mum, person, author on Instagram. She is Lives Alone, uh, the wonderful, absolutely brilliant. We can't wait to chat to her. It's Liv Thorne. How are you? (laughs) How does it feel to be a published author? Congratulations. Uh, It's really terrifying. I got the books um, a couple of days ago. I got some press copies and I still can't really look at them because it just feels bonkers and uh, a bit surreal that there's my life is in there and sorry I'm looking at them as if they're people um uh, yeah so it I need to let it sink in and be uh proud that I did it but at the moment it's still like and you should be so proud because a lot of work goes into writing a book I had no idea and uh, now I do so yeah Exactly. Um, so, Liv, for those of um, those listeners who don't know anything about you, can you just sort of tell us how you came to writing a book, what the book's about, and a little bit about your story? So, um, when I was about 30, well, since ever, I've been a professional single person. So, I've never had a, a successful adult relationship. So, but I always wanted to be a mum. And so, the older you get, 
the more and more your friends have children and it becomes increasingly loud in your head that you need a baby and what are you going to do? Um, and really sad as well. There's something really, um, so when your best friends get pregnant and things, you really want to be thrilled for them, but actually equally you feel like you're being punched in the face, you know? So you have to do that constant Oscar worthy, like, Oh, I'm really thrilled for you as you run off and cry on your way home. Um, and so I got to 35 and suddenly thought, actually, I've got to sort, I can't go through life anymore, not being a mum. So I decided to have a baby with a sperm donor. A sperm donor? A sperm? <laughs> a sperm donor. Um, and so went through fertility treatments um, and got pregnant a year and a half later. And I now have a three-year-old son. Amazing. That is the synopsis. In a nutshell. There's a, there's a, in a shed nutshell. load in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so Liv, take us back to, you know, you mentioned about the pregnancy announcements. At that time in your life, you said you're a professional single person. What was it about the pregnancy announcements that were hurting the most? Was it the fact that you looked at your life and you thought, I'm not with anyone, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have a baby? Or was it purely the baby part? Or was it the whole package of having a partner as well? I thought it was the whole package of having a partner. Um, but actually, the more I looked into it, the more it was, I wanted a baby. Like, mm. yeah, falling in love would be amazing. But I was, if I ever went on dates, which was really rare, uh, it would be the only thing I'd be thinking was, do you think he wants to have a kid? Do you think he wants to have mm. a kid? Not, do you think we're getting along? And <laughs> do you think this would be a good relationship? It's do you think he wants children? And that's when I was just like, actually, that's craziness. Um, that I, it isn't a partner I want; it's a baby. And and do you think? Well, I'll ask you the question: What was happening to your dating life during that period? Um, was there added pressure that was put onto it because you said that that was kind of the driver? Did it did it make it yeah. difficult to have relationships with people? Well, I genuinely didn't have any relationships since I was about twenty two. Right. Um, and then when I did ever think about it, uh, it was a lot, it was literally about having a baby. It was, mm. um, so it would be like, yeah, 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 I'd love a gin and tonic. And by the way, I'm ovulating, can we, you know. Um, <laughs> I know we've just met, but do you fancy I never, did, I never actually did that. Yeah, 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 but that is literally what I was thinking. So I knew that it wasn't, so it was totally putting pressure on that. And therefore... I didn't want to go on dates because I didn't, the pressure was so intense. It was never about mm. just seeing if I could find someone nice. Um, yeah. It was about having a family. And that's mm. madness to, mm. like, it's just madness. And I didn't notice that before. Um, I know loads of people talk about it. And again, I didn't realise until I was a mum, but motherhood really makes you look at yourself. Oh, yes. As, yeah, like it strips you back. There are things you didn't know about yourself that suddenly are so obvious mm. and that was the, this whole me dating my parents died when I was a teenager and loads of other things happened after that and so I didn't realize until I was in my 30s that actually I was avoiding relationships because I didn't want to be hurt again and so then I that became a oh I'm avoiding it because putting I'm putting too much pressure because I want to have a baby so it was mm. all sort of bundled up in one thing 
uh, that I just didn't realize until I had a kid who stripped all my emotions down and made me take yeah, a cold, yeah. hard look at myself. Here's a mirror. Stare at yeah, yourself yeah, yeah, really, yeah, really hard. Exactly, Let's analyze exactly this. Exactly yeah. that. Exactly yeah. that. So, um, so yeah, it, there were a lot of things that yeah. uh, that came out from that. And so what was the moment that you thought, I mean, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I guess some some people might think like you did, all right, I'll go on a date, I'll just fall pregnant by somebody yeah. and that will be that. And they don't have to have anything to do with the child's life, but that's how I'll get pregnant. Yeah. But that isn't how obviously you did it and what yeah what was the moment that you thought right no I've got to do this properly I really need to you know have a baby and how did you even go about the process well I didn't uh think about including anyone else because actually that would just make it harder it would make it more complicated like it was hard enough me thinking about having a relationship with someone that I did want it to work out in inverted commas normally let alone oh I'll see if I can try and get pregnant by that guy and then just run off with a baby like (laughs) just too complex for me and so um I just looked into sperm donation that had always been a really funny joke oh wouldn't it be funny if you had to have a baby on your own and you got a sperm donor and then I said oh shit actually that is how it's gonna happen and um so yeah I just did a lot of googling because where do you start where do you start and I still don't really know what to say to people who say that to me because it's so different for everybody um there are a couple of great uh foundations I guess you'd call them to that you could speak to like um the donor conception network and a couple of others that tell you a lot about donor fertility but you still like okay cool but where do I start Mm. Um, and I ended up going to my doctor and just saying, I just want a baby. And uh, she was amazing and just helped me, you know, just talked me through it a bit. So um, you went to your doctor. That was kind of your first, after, after the Googling. After uh, that, just wild sort of Googling. Like crazy, yeah, yeah, exactly. The crazy yeah. Googling, we call it. Um, you then went to your doctor. Now talk us through that conversation and how helpful, you know, was your GP? So she was actually amazing, but... As with anything medical, it just depends who you go to, who your doctor is, where, how much support you can get. It's a, you know, it's a postcode lottery, isn't it? Anything with yeah. like this. Um, mine was amazing. I sort of had this fear inside me that she'd laugh and go, absolutely not. You can't be a mum, you know, because I'd never, I don't know, I'd never really said it to someone professional before that I wanted to be a mum on my own and and so I was constantly expecting someone to go absolutely not you can't you're not allowed to do this you know so I was terrified asking her that's mad isn't it? And that's really what we weird. think. That's the craziest thing that's inbuilt inside us that someone's going to turn around to us and say, "Actually, no, I'm going to make this decision for you. You can't be a mother because you haven't got." A partner. You can't do it, and I, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was just like, she's going to base it on the fact that I don't have a partner or whatever. And I was just terrified, but actually, she just sort of giggled and went, "Of course, you want to be a mum. Let's sort this out for you, you know." Mm. And so yeah. then she um, arranged some blood tests for me to check my hormone levels. Um, but again, some people you can't get that with your GP. You have to pay for it. And with the, with these your AMH levels, FSH, FSH yeah. and AMH. Yeah. But again, I didn't know that at the time, and I was too terrified to ask what she was testing for because that is my go-to when I'm scared or worried. I just bury my head in the sand and just do it. 
until I need to know what it was. So I, I didn't ask what it was about in case I knew the answer. And, sh- and again, it would say, you're absolutely not allowed to be a mother. You can't be a mother. Um, now, anybody listening yeah. that doesn't know, the AMH is the anti mullerone hormone, which is present in the book. I've been yes. through it. <laughs> I've been through it all. Life. Uh, tell, us terrifying. Bit, tell us a little bit more about that and, and, what, and what came out. What were the results of that? So the results were absolutely fine. And, and they, I'm, I'm really lucky because actually, although I talk about fertility treatment a lot, I didn't have fertility treatment in the standard way people assume. So often when we're talking about fertility treatment, it's because someone's having trouble getting pregnant. As far as I was aware, I was fertile. I just didn't have a partner. So my infertility problem was that I was single rather than there was something potentially wrong with my reproductive organs or my levels or any of that. So, um, and, the, and those first set of blood tests came back absolutely fine and and sort of covered the fact that I was right. I was, there was nothing wrong uh, with me per se, apart from the lack of partner. So then, which spurred me on to, I was like, okay, cool. First step, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I guess you went to a fertility clinic yeah. Yeah, to yeah, find absolutely. a sperm donor and how how was that process because you know like you say a lot of people who'd be going to fertility clinics might have a partner exactly. and they want to you know they they want to go through IVF or they want to you know do various other things yes so oh my god it's so tricky talking about fertility because there are so many caveats about everything so um, for example, I didn't get my sperm from my clinic. I got my sperm from an online sperm bank in Denmark. Oh, yeah, Denmark. My friends went there too. Oh, did they? got their yeah. sperm from them. Yes. My two gay friends, um, Lucy and Yvonne, they won't mind me talking about this. They went to Denmark to get their sperm. And um, yeah. yeah so. And again, I don't know what, I, well, I do. I watched a documentary called The Vikings Are Coming about Danish sperm. And so suddenly... <laughs> Dan- it's the best! No, yes. not actually Vikings, because I'm watching Vikings. This is a totally different No, program. not no. actually Vikings. Okay, Imagine. Imagine that. Um, and so suddenly Denmark was all I knew about sperm, about sperm banks. It was literally all I knew because I'd watched this one documentary. And so suddenly I was on Danish sperm bank sites. And that's sort of what happens with fertility. You can uh, look into it more and more and more. And the more you delve, actually, the more questions there are rather than answers And the more, oh, I could do this or I could do this. Oh, God, did you hear about so-and-so who did it this way? And there, because there is no answer. And there is no, whether you're trying to get pregnant like me on your own or if you have fertility issues with your partner or you and your partner or there are constant caveats to all of it and different, uh, just differences everywhere there is no one answer there's no um right or wrong as I'm sure you know that it's Mm. and and you can't say oh god I think this worked for me you know I had pineapple the day I of my treatment I think that worked or I got my sperm from this bank so it will definitely work for you yeah yeah no this one fertility clinic all, literally mm. no yeah. I mean not yeah. even no 12 dice works for all it's yeah it is a complete magical lottery um and I was just bloody lucky um and the yeah. rules in Denmark now I don't know if I'm gonna get this completely correct so I'm not an I doubt I will either area but the rules in Denmark in terms of sperm donors now d- d- is it true that in England the sperm donor can be anonymous in Denmark they have a choice 
or they can always be found at 18. Can you just clarify that up for us? So it everywhere has different um, anonymity laws. Right. Right. Um, and it changes all the time. And in, in, again, this is where you can, I can never say anything as fact because yeah. people, people look at it in the UK and actually they could get their sperm from the US and that's different, or they could get it from Greece, and that's different. Or so, but I chose Denmark, yes, because the donor could be contacted when my son yes. is eighteen, and yes. I felt really strongly for me that I didn't want to shut that door for my right. son. That I, I felt for me that wasn't a decision that was mine to make. Um, if he wants to contact the donor at eighteen, that's his call not mine right and you know who obviously because you know who the donor is and you have the the pack and yeah and I heard a story about a lovely donor writing a letter to their unborn daughter or child at the time saying don't I'll start weeping this is I know it's really this is me I've done this for you so that you can have a life there's just this beautiful beautiful I mean I didn't get to read I was just verbally told about it and that is that is that right um, does, that, does that happen? God, I've gone. <laughs> so uh, I I chose mine because uh, one of the reasons was that he, they talked about meeting in the future. And a lot of the donors didn't acknowledge that that could be a possibility. Right. And so I didn't want my son to turn up and this guy go, oh, shit, I remember donating 20 years ago. What are you doing here typing? Um, but yeah, you get let. Well, again, from Mike, again, it's different. Just in your experience, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I can't, yep. I can't say that enough. Um, but in my experience, I've got a letter stating why he was a donor. I've got him reading that letter out loud, yeah, saying why he did it, um, and I've got a uh, and the letters in his handwriting, which to me, yeah. I I love crap like that but I don't know it just made him feel more real and also um at this particular clinic you get a baby photo yeah okay which is vaguely pointless because yeah yeah because you don't know (laughs) who looks like that um but yeah there's something really beautiful about how often they uh know exactly how what they're doing is just a bloody magical gift yeah um because they're not paid for it. I mean, they are. They're no. paid expenses type. They're probably paid like hundred euros or something. Right. And what did it say? What What did that? What did your donor say? That well, sort of... I'm not going to say just no. because it's okay. really personal to Herb. I think, and um, there were some real reasons why he. I felt like he was the right donor for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's the same with everyone that I've spoken to, you suddenly get this thing where you're like, oh, he said this. Yes. That made me feel yeah. more like it was a human rather than a... Because mm-hmm. it's just reams and reams of online forms. Like, there's nothing fun about it. Or Well, at the beginning, I I used it like a dating site. Like, oh, yeah, I want this. <laughs> and he's got to look like he's fun and like he'd be a nice time. And woo! And then I was like, actually, that's just bullshit. I need someone that I know has great genetic history in terms of health, you know, all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, and so that narrowed it down for me as well. Like, cause you get so much information about their familial health, like wild amounts. We'll be right back after this short break. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Forgive me. But I, I wanted to ask about the process of selection yeah. and because I, 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 me and George don't really know too much about no. it. So for you, what you, you just mentioned um, re- really great genetical, genetic health. Um, what else was on the list there? Did you want somebody that aesthetically looked like you or did you try and create somebody that might look like your child based on what he looked like? Yeah, so um, like I said, I started initially very flippantly realized that was useless, then started with the main point being um, genetic history of health, because Mm -hmm. my family is riddled with all sorts of health nonsense. So I, I, you know, as much as it's a lottery, so I figured I may as well try and go vaguely healthy. Um, And then I went tall and skinny to try and counteract my short and fat. I was like, I may as well, if I can do it, I'm going to, you know. And then everything else, I wanted them to look slightly like me because, not because I care what they look like, but because I'm really, really nosy. And I wouldn't have been able to cope with looking at this baby's face for all their life and not know who they look like if they didn't look like me. Right. Do you see what I mean? So, yes. so I... I didn't want to go, um, obviously I didn't want to go for a different race because that would just be wrong on so many levels um, for me. And But initially I thought I'd go blonde because la la la, but again, that didn't turn out. I, I got someone actually quite different to me. Um, but as it happens, my son could not look more like me. I it's, know. I was looking at your yeah. Instagram page earlier on. I mean, that's why I'm asking. He's because terrifying. I know. It, he's your, I think he's the, your double. He's literally mm. my double. I yeah. think the donor just had a blank face. Like, there's, <laughs> or, or he looked like me because Herb looks just like me, which is great because, like I said, my nosiness I don't think would have uh, coped with with not knowing I know I I understand like if someone's got like a real prominent feature whatever that might be yeah. and then that's passed on in the genes and then you're looking thinking wow where, where did, did that get come that from nose yeah chin yeah. whatever yeah. From. yeah and that oddly is something that I didn't struggle with because I mean it's ridiculous it's literally just because I'm nosy and it would have been like a itch I couldn't scratch to know where that had come from or but like I say, as it happens, I don't have that because the kid is definitely it's mine. Exactly like you. It's the thing is, though, mine. if you look at our kids, I don't know if you've had a little little nose around. Luna is the spitting image of me, and when I yeah. look at her with Dawes, she—I mean, 
it could be me. Uh, photographs of me, we are identical. And Kit looks identical to Doz. And there isn't yeah. much of me and Kit. And maybe, ch- maybe the chin, but with Luna, she doesn't really have very much of Doz. So may, I, I don't know how that... Maybe just, yeah, it could be that the if gene I had was another, yes, yes, yes. That, that it wouldn't look anything like me. And then I'd be like, oh God. Um, <laughs> who are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah where did you yeah. come from? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it just turns out. But so yeah, that's how I, I started the choosing process really flippantly. Like, oh, he looks fun. He plays guitar. And then, yeah. and then, oh no, actually his dad died when he was really young of a heart attack. That's probably not ideal or, you know. Yeah. So yeah. so then you start remembering what you're looking for and it isn't a, someone to have a nice time on a date with. No. Yeah. And this might be a silly question, no. but it's just popped up into my head when you said, if I had another one, it might, you know, it might look completely different. Does this ever happen that you go back to the same yeah. sperm donor? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you can buy... Um, as many and the most horrific term of all time is they're called straws of sperm. Nobody needs what? to. What? Yeah, that means you. Yeah, what? straws of sperm. I mean, okay. uh, there is only a man could have come up with that. So you can buy as many <laughs> straws of sperm as you want, but you obviously have to keep them. So yeah. if I did that, I would have to have them stored in a clinic in the UK. Uh, which costs a shed ton of money. Um, And so, yeah, absolutely, I could go back. But again, if I didn't buy enough straws at the right time and I went back, there's every chance he wouldn't be on there. Mm. Right. And did you have to, so did you fly to Denmark for the process or did Denmark straws of sperm come to you? They came to me. So literally I went online and you just, you didn't, you don't even have to open a, an account or you just add it to the basket which is in the shape of a pram oh, I thought you were going to say penis then no a <laughs> pram which I don't know is worse um you know and you're just like okay yeah we get it like you're ramming it home oh. um and yeah you just add it to basket and then get it shipped and you over. ship it to your clinic to your and clinic, then what yeah. happens so yeah. t- tell us tell us that process so we've we've chosen Danish sperm donor they ship it across to your clinic and then yep so um Again, fertility, different for everybody. My experience is that I went in low-level fertility, which is basically um, IUI, which is uh, they literally just inject sperm into my cervix. So I didn't have any hormone treatment. I didn't have any hormone drugs. I didn't have – because, again, I was really adamant slash stubborn that I didn't have any fertility issues. Yeah. That – that my issue was being single. So um, I didn't want to pump myself full of hormones. I'm mad enough as it is. I didn't need any, I didn't need my body having any more if I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew that if I did need it, I'd do it, but I didn't want to start out there. Um, and so I started with IUI and I told myself I'd have four goes of natural IUI. And if that didn't work, then I'd try hormone or maybe IVF, et cetera, et cetera. But I didn't really look into anything further because it's so mind blowing all the information mm. that I just siloed what I needed and, and looked into those bits at the right time. And does the cost differ? Does the cost differ oh, between wildly. IUI? Right. Oh, Zoe, wildly. So yeah. like IUI is Tesco value, the cheapest, because honestly I was in the clinic for 
15, 20 minutes a time. Mm. It's, it's exactly the same as a smear test. Okay. Right. Inter- okay. Exactly the same. Um, except they don't scrape, they put something in. But it takes as long. It's the same speculum. It's exactly the same. So that's how long I was in there for. Um, whereas with other fertility, it could be thou- like, I mean, mine was thousands because the fertility industry is based on making money. And uh, she says very softly. Very yeah. softly. A smile on her face. Yeah. Very softly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you go up to IVF or double donor, so egg donor, sperm donor, and IVF. That could be 10, 15,000 pounds right. of treatment. Um, so yeah, so mine was very entry level. So again, I feel like a real fraud talking about fertility because all I did was walk into a clinic and I didn't have any of the sort of intrusiveness that that you can get with other fertility um, treatments. Okay. And you mentioned that you were going to ha- give it four goes. How how many times did it take? Four. Four. <laughs> so predictable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again is a bloody miracle because in real life, again, in inverted commas, yeah. that's like me having sex four times. Four times. Yeah. yeah. So, that's like, yeah. So do you do it on separate months? Yes, so I did yeah, it on separate yeah, months. So it's yeah. again the same thing. You wait until you're ovulating, you phone the clinic yeah. to say I'm ovulating. They go cool, come in tomorrow. They then wash the sperm. Right. To separate the sperm from the semen. Wow. Oh yes, the the actual things that look like the teeny little the tiny little yes. sperms, tadpoles, that sort of thing. I had no idea they were different things. Absolutely none. I thought sperm and semen were the same thing. No, they're different. My mind's going off on a tap. Like, yeah, of course. I've always wanted to know what they. I thought they were just called the same thing, like you live. Like, yeah, yeah. like boobs and tits, same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, totally different. So they have to wash the sperm ready. Well, they have to defrost it, wash it, ready for you to come in. Then you come in, and it's just waiting for you in a little tub. And you have to say, "Is that yours?" And I'm like. Probably. Hopefully. I don't know. I've never seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and then, yeah, the really romantic procedure starts. So the process took four months, which... Well, I, I actually, I did three and then took six months off and then did the fourth okay. one. Okay. So I actually took about eight months. Why did you take that break, Liv? I couldn't cope anymore. No. The, the And that's me not on hormones. Like, that's me just trying um, but I put so much pressure on on it working and every time you get that fucking negative pregnancy test and that two-week wait and I I actually can't remember the, the second and third times. I can't remember the wait. I can't remember because I just blocked it out. Like, yeah. Um, and I just knew then that I, I couldn't keep going for a while. I was just going to give myself a bit of time out Yeah, and then yeah. just do the next one later down the line and yeah. then I just suddenly made the decision to do it it wasn't nothing um happened that made me decide to do the fourth one I think I was just like Jesus it's been five months or whatever it was now I, I should probably get going on that again mm-hmm. and and it just happened that that one was the one that worked so tell us that tell us that moment that you took six months out you decided right I'm just going to give it another mm. shot was this a I'm just going to give it one last shot or was it? This was, I'm giving it one last shot before IVF. Okay. Right. So, which would have meant a good couple of years out because I'd have had to have saved to Mm -hmm. be able to afford to do it. Mm -hmm. So, um, it was one last shot for now. 
and I was convinced it wasn't going to work because it hadn't worked before. I was just like, oh, God, why am I doing this? It's not going to work. But again, I'm the world's most stubborn person. So I told myself I was going to do four. So I was going to do four. I rocked up, did it, came home. That was that. Didn't think about it. Didn't worry about the two week wait. Nothing. I literally just, well, that's that. I'll um, I'll now start looking into IVF and start saving again until the morning sickness came. Oh, what was that the first? Was that the first indicator? Looking back now, yes, and I, I'd sort of blocked it out from my head to allow myself to think that that's what it was. Yeah. But yeah, I did do a test, and um, obviously it said that I was pregnant. Who was with you? My nieces, actually, who um, are in their twenties, they're not young, and there was just a lot of screeching and a lot of um, yeah, a lot of <laughs> tears and screeching, and yeah, I couldn't really believe it. And when you were going through the process and you obviously then announced that you that you were pregnant, what was the reaction like from friends and family? And It's funny, I was so nervous about that, which is ridiculous because it doesn't impinge on anyone else. So uh, whether I have a baby or not, mm. I shouldn't worry about whether you think it's a good idea or so-and-so think, you know, um, other than my family who... And I was terrified telling them, um, but they, my brothers and sisters were just like, of course, this is amazing, you know. They didn't once question it or... Did you tell them when you were going through the process, level? or did you wait? Yeah, you yeah. did. I told, you, yeah. I told everybody really early on. Um, I started blogging about it really early on as well because, mm-hmm. um, A, I'm crap at keeping secrets about things <laughs> I'm excited about. If they're really serious secrets, I can keep them, but if it's something I'm excited about, I can't keep it in. So I knew I'd... <laughs> I'd have to just tell people. And also at the time I didn't work for myself. So I didn't want to make fertility appointments even more complicated by having to lie to work. To, yeah, yeah. about Because you can't plan it. You can't go, oh, in three weeks time, I need a day off. It's, oh, tomorrow I've got to go to the clinic mm. or, I've, you know, and I couldn't, honestly, I just couldn't be bothered with the sort of uh, logistics of lying about it. So I started blogging about it really early on. So I told my family like a week after I decided yeah. to make it happen. Wow. And and was every, did everybody give you a positive um, response? Uh, I mean, mainly. Right. I, the only person that was that was vaguely like, oh, was one of my godmothers um, who I don't see very often. And she was really kind, you know, she didn't mean it, but she just sort of said, oh, darling, I do hope your parents dying hasn't affected you. Uh, could you not go and find a partner? You know, and you're like, oh, what? Like going down the like, cafe oh, to have a cheese and ham toast. You know, you're like, yeah, pick, pick one up, pick one yeah. up, yeah. <laughs> so that was the only like, God, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. But sure, yeah. you know, that's just yeah. what came to her. Everyone else, I've had one person online once years ago say mm. I sounded like I was talking about getting a baby, like I was talking about buying a handbag. You know, and you're just like, okay then you didn't read into that properly you know well also, if anyone yeah if it was that difficult to buy a handbag then no one we'd all exactly. be walking around holding everything wouldn't we because there wouldn't be a lot of people that would do but it but also yeah. I don't yeah it's just also that is if that's all you can think about then yeah cool I'm fine with that and it doesn't impinge on your life so don't worry about it yeah don't worry about <laughs> exactly. it yeah exactly it's got nothing yeah, to do with exactly. it this was your decision for you yeah that, and and it really has nothing to do with anyone else but other than that everyone has been that's amazing just I think it's because women get it and yes. then like that's not to say my male friends haven't been supportive um but all female friends and I obviously do a lot of um mum 
their stuff online and and again people just get that women get it the kind of primal urge to want to be a mother Mm. um or not like one woman contacted me going thank you so much you've made me realize I definitely don't want to be a mum. I've always thought Mm -hmm. I I was wrong but actually I don't have that urge that you talk about and thank you for, for saying I don't want to do it I I feel like we've got so much work to do in society because for me, there is so much pressure on women to have children when they hit a certain age, all the conversations, all the language, everything that we're fed in our media, everything, everything, everything. On the other side... Um, of that coin when we when we choose like you to to go and have a baby on our own there is a lot of like oh but you're going to be a single parent and do you think you can cope and you can't people just expect that it's going to fit into a certain box that they want it to look like um you know I have one of my best friends is single and she's approaching 40 and she's made the decision that she wants to do it on her own and you know, I don't think there's enough of these conversations going around. Yeah. You know, we're just expected to have a partner. If we don't have a partner, we're expected not to have a baby. I'm so passionate about talking about alternative routes to parenthood because it just the nuclear family doesn't really well, it does exist, that's and it should exist. It's not to say it shouldn't, but there are so many other ways to become a family mm-hmm. and people need to know that they exist. And I felt so scared and lonely and terrified only four and a half years ago Mm. because I didn't know where to look. And there seemed at the time to me to be no one like me talking about it. And there was loads of online secretive forums. Um, And I get why people don't want to be talking about it openly. But to me, I really wanted to because I wanted other people to see that they're not on their own and um, kind of amplify that voice as it were mm-hmm. that yeah. that it's totally okay and I've never had anyone say anything horrible and and you'll be all right as long as you've got a core crew around you that support mm-hmm. you you'll be okay you can mm-hmm. do it like yeah. motherhood's frigging hard whether there's five of you one of you two you know exactly it's a roller coaster and sometimes it's easier when there's just one of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also it's not just, it's not just two parents that raise a child. It's, you know, it's friends and godparents and yeah, a village. Exactly. Um, Absolutely. you know, and Georgia, Georgia's got the, the most incredibly involved, uh, parents who are around a lot. You know, my mum lives in Kenya, his dad lives in Scotland, but we've got an amazing, um, you know, nanny who helps us out loads. And we've also got like a surrogate granny down the road who does all the childcare and you need, you need those people. So yeah, yeah regardless absolutely. of having two parents, it's, yeah. And I don't have any parents. So like it was even more important to me that I could find that I knew that my friends were on board and Mm -hmm. and would help me out or, Mm -hmm. you know, and my family, my sisters and my brother um, wanted to help me. And God, do they, you know, they're amazing, all of them. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to, you know, life has changed a bit and the white picket fence is moving on and and that's cool that's fine but Absolutely. I'm I'm just that's why I started talking about it and um and again feel a little bit of a fraud because my journey to becoming a mum was so low level in terms of um uh, fertility treatment being a solo mum short yeah all that, but in terms of fertility people ask me a lot of and I mm-hmm. it is I am by no means an expert, but but I have my story and that's what I can tell. Yeah, you know. exactly. And it's a positive one. H- hardest part about being a, a solo mum? 
a solo mom superstar? Uh, financial is really hard. Mm-hmm. I'd love for it to be something that I could control. Um, but financially, it's really tough. Uh, so I work full time. There's no option for me but to work full time. I love my job. Um, but childcare for full time is oh, uh, black. I got into a huge amount of debt because of fertility and then um, childcare. And I'm really privileged. I'm to- I could afford to get into debt. So, yeah. you know, I and to get out of debt, I sold my house. Mm-hmm. That's a wildly privileged position to be in. And so being able to, that financial responsibility is wild. I can't even tell you. Mm-hmm. I find that more crippling mentally than other kind of per, uh, parental um, loads that I have to take on. Yep. Yeah. And do you think the financial impact would prevent you doing it again? Oh, it's definitely. I'd be pregnant now yeah. otherwise. If I could afford mm-hmm. childcare, if I could get... Because again, for till, I know how much it cost me on the four goes that I did, but that do, isn't to say that it would take me four goes next time. Yeah. Or I, I wouldn't know how much to budget for. I wouldn't know how much to... I say budget for. I wouldn't know how much to get a loan for. I wouldn't know... Um, and then there's childcare costs again. I can't... I Otherwise, I'd have a groaning table full of them. Would you... Mm, absolutely I'm I'm gutted for Herb that I can't have more but actually he doesn't know any different and we're still and we're still from a massive family I've got 10 nieces and nephews yeah I've got eight godchildren you know so he'll never be lonely uh Mm. but yeah I would I'm really sad for that we don't have a bigger immediate family but god Jesus like what do I want the world like I've got I got what I wanted and um the book is out now it's out on the 19th of august yeah yeah and it isn't like a um go-to as in it's not a how to get pregnant on your Mm -hmm. own there's bits obviously there's how i did but again like we've discussed that's such a tiny part of the fertility puzzle um that but it's it's my story about how i became to be a solo mum, how i did it and and life after Okay, well, it sounds amazing. amazing. So, yeah, Lives yeah, Alone is you. out on the 19th of August. Go grab yourself a copy. What a fascinating story, Liv. Thank, Thank you so you. much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, team. You're Thanks, so welcome. Liv. Thank you. Absolutely loved it. Thanks, Liv. The Viking sperm. <laughs> the Viking sperm. No, you 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 were so right what you said at the beginning of the chat about um, just some really fascinating practical tips, but also just understanding about the whole process. You know, mm. I, I really do feel like I took away loads from that chat. It's just the ins and outs of it and how every clinic is different. And, you know, the, the fact that actually, she, you know, she, she rung up and they were like, yeah, no, just come in. And it was just as simple as just popping it in. It wasn't anything and, more than that. Like, no, what? and also like literally just going online and yeah. just like buying some sperm like and putting it in sperm a basket. Straws. Yeah, I mean, yeah. gosh, it, it all sounds so simple, but it's obviously not. And a lot, yeah. you know, there, a lot of thought goes into it. And, a lot, like, you know, a lot of money, as she said, like yeah. that's the thing that's holding her back. And, um, but I guess you know the more people who talk about doing it maybe maybe the price will come down if there's more demand for it who knows Um, but it's good that you can do this It's, it's incredible that you can do this now 
Mm. And, and if you've got somebody in your life, a best friend, you know, a cousin, an aunt, a sister who is thinking about doing it on their own, but is scared, just let them listen to that chat because I thought it was really empowering, really inspiring. Definitely. Um, thank you. Massive thanks to Liv for coming on and talking to us about that. And thank you to you for listening. As always, we would love you to rate, review, subscribe and follow the podcast. If you do have time to give us a little review, we would love them because we just we love reading them. So and I know it takes time out of your day, but it's, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. And any feedback on any of our any of the episodes or any of the guests, then please, our DMs are always open. Just drop us a DM at Made by Mummers. Or if you've got any like bad feedback, then direct that at Zoe, at Zoe Hardman on Instagram. I, I will not give a shit because I will be on holiday. See you, fuckers. Bye. <laughs> Made by Mummers is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful Imogen Hart. Insanity Group. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.